Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome to the Lessons I Learned podcast, where I share what I've learned and am still learning about marriage, mothering, friendship, health and wellness, spiritual growth, and everything in between. I'll be learning right along with you, as many of my guests have such great things to say. So get ready to listen, grow, be open and teachable, and get ready to learn and have fun doing it. Today's conversation should be happening more often. I will be discussing mental health with award-winning author and blogger, Sarah Ball. Sarah is open and candid about her struggle with mental health, and she shares how she has overcome. She now provides people practical help to do the same. I'm praying that her story and advice will offer hope and help to those of you who are also battling with mental health issues. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lessons I Learned podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I am so happy that you are here with me and my new friend, Sarah Ball. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. Um, I can't wait to dive into conversation because you have, um, you've just been become a voice piece for a very, very important, critical topic um, that we're going to dive into. But before we get into our conversation, I just wanted, um, it's funny because you have, you kind of share some heavy things, but the way that I, um, the first um, time that I met you, we actually had a lot of fun and we, I... (laughs) Um, so Sarah and I met at the Word Guild Awards, um, which is kind of like the Canadian um, Christian Writers Awards ceremony, I guess you would call it. And um, we were put at a table together. And from what I remember, Mrs. Ball, you cleaned up that night. <laughs> um, you won um, several awards. You'd be able to share um, in a minute. You have to share just the laundry list of things that you um, uh, were awarded that night. Um, it was a great night for you, and it was awesome for me to watch. Um, I was cheering you on. Um, I do have to just let the listeners know our common bond right away was we bonded mm-hmm. over our passion for the spa. <laughs> spa. The spa. <laughs> the necessity of the spa. <laughs> It's not, yes, exactly. It's not just something that you enjoy. It's really something you need. And um, you need. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking um, in detail about our love for the spa that night. But I think even afterwards, we were messaging each other back and forth um, the week or two later, sending links to our favorite spas. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, uh, a woman I, uh, my own heart. Aw, <laughs> ditto. So, um, so you know that is kind of my limited um, knowledge of some of your favorite <laughs> things. So, um, I'm gonna let you have. Um, I'm just gonna let you take it away. But before you share um, who you are and what you do, give the listeners maybe two more favorites of yours, like something you know, like favorite movie, favorite meal, something that just so we can get to know you a little bit more. And then just tell us um, the rest of who you are and what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, well, two things that are my favorite. Hmm. Um, besides the spa, this is really difficult because that kind of encompasses my whole being. But um, <laughs> how about, how about I love your two favorite spa treatments. 
How about we? Oh, do there we. Okay, I can get more specific. Facials for sure. Yes. I love facials. Um, those are amazing. And where I live, I live in Cochrane, Alberta, by the mountains. And there's this amazing Swedish spa there where you go do hot and cold treatments. Okay. So you go into like a hot steamy room, and then you get into like an ice bath, and then you go into like a eucalyptus like infrared sauna, and then you go into something cold again, and you just leave feeling like young and refreshed, and all of your problems are solved. Oh, it's amazing. Man. Oh man, I think we yeah. have to get together sometime. Maybe <laughs> a speaking tour. Uh, it's funny. Another podcast friend of mine that we are, I was talking with, doing a podcast with. We said we wanted to go on a donut tour because we share a passion for donuts. Mm. I think we oh, need to donuts. go on tour and then hit the spas across Canada Spa. or something like that. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be very expensive, but I'm pretty sure there would be a significant reason for a good GoFundMe page for that. Yes. Well, I was thinking we'd have to pull in <laughs> sales or something in order to make that. Exactly. Uh, but a girl can dream. A girl can dream. So what else, yes. um, what else can you tell us um, and the listeners about who you are, what you're doing right now, and just a little bit about your platform? Sure. Um, well, I am first and foremost a wife and a mom of five kids. So my oldest is almost 21 and my youngest is eight. So I went through a period of my life where I had teenagers and toddlers at the same time. <laughs> so that was fun. And uh, I am an author and I'm a blogger and I also run um, online courses as well. And I minister to those who are struggling with anxiety, panic disorders, depression, and even some of the messier mental illnesses like obsessive compulsive disorder. And I've recently written a book called Fearless in 21 Days, A Survivor's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. And, and like I said, I run an online course as well where I just get to connect with some of the most amazing people um, who have such a heart for God, who are really struggling with anxiety and depression. So it's quite an honor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm recently in transition, moving from, um, moving back to my hometown. Yeah. So yeah. moving back to family and yeah, so it's been an adventure. Yeah. It sounds like you do need the spa with all of that. I need it every day. Toddlers, <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. That's where the spa um, love started with toddlers and teenagers. Sounds like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly. I, so, um, I learned a bit, a bit about you on um, the night at the Guild Awards and what, um, yeah, this book, Fearless in 21 Days, the anxiety book and um, a little bit of what you're doing. And then, so obviously my next step was I want to check this girl's blog out because that was one of the awards you did win was mm -hmm. uh, blog of the year, correct? Yes won the David Maine's best blog of the year award. Yeah. Which was amazing. Wow. So what an honor. What yeah. an honor. So yeah. And I checked out your blog and, um, one thing that I just, um, noticed about you right away was you're dealing with heavy topics and you do not shy away. Like you're just candid and honest and you're tackling, um, some very, um, touchy, sensitive, and really hard topics that are often or have been avoided, especially in the Christian community. Um, and you're just tackling them head on, but um, you're not just, you know, making, uh, bringing awareness. You're actually um, uh, using, you're providing tools and things like that. And so where, um, obviously there's a story behind that and there's a testimony. Um, so just start, start from the beginning, wherever you want 
want to go and um, share over the next few minutes um, how that all began and and what your story is with um, uh, all of all of this stuff here. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, this is where I like to start by telling my story. Is I was at a church conference and a lady that I re- respected and admired came up came up to me and wanted to pray for us. And as she was praying, she said, I just really feel, Sarah, that you're going to have a ministry in the area of anxiety, depression, and OCD. So at the time, I had just had my fifth child. We were going through another uh, big transition and change. And I was blogging at the time, but I was a mummy blogger. So I was just kind of writing about the ups and downs of motherhood and teens and toddlers and all that. And anxiety and depression was not something that was in my radar which was interesting. And so I never struggled. Yeah, I didn't really struggle with anxiety or so I thought. I wasn't really a worry, 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 what's the word? Worry in some person. (laughs) I didn't, I can't talk today. I need the spa. Um, I wasn't much of a worry wart. And um, I was someone who's just kind of like a suck it up, keep going, don't let life hold you back, just whatever comes at you. Um, You just have to climb over it and achieve. Like I was just a very driven person. And so I received this word as like, okay, well, I can totally tell people how to suck it up and, you know, how to move on and get over themselves. And it was about a couple months later, I was going through a really stressful season. um, And I'd gotten up super early in the morning to hit the treadmill and get my workout in. And I couldn't catch my breath. And I got off the treadmill and I thought, well, if I just kind of get down for a minute and just calm down and next thing you know, I was having heart palpitations, chest pains, my throat felt like it was closing in and I thought that I was dying. And so I walked around my house looking for a place to die. I was like, okay, so would people find me if I died here? Would they find me if I died here? I'm having this conversation in my head and I called 911. And the paramedics came and they checked me over from head to toe. And at the end of it, they kind of looked at me in a very compassionate way and said, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. We think this is a panic attack. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This was very physical. There's no way. Uh, They sent me to bed, told me to rest up. And I thought that I would feel better in the morning and I didn't. And from that point on, I started having panic attacks several times a day. And eventually that turned into general anxiety where I was feeling anxious and fighting off panic attacks throughout the entire day, including throughout the night. I was completely bedridden. I couldn't drive my kids to school. I couldn't um, sit with my kids and my husband at dinner time. I couldn't watch movies with the family. I spent most of my time in the fetal position in bed, warding off these horrible thoughts. And then I started dealing with depression. Um, I would say it says in the word of God that anxiety in the heart of a man leads to depression. And that's exactly what had happened is fighting this anxiety day in and day out um, began leading into severe depression to the point where it was suicidal depression. And then um, I started experiencing, (laughs) sounds awful, but it really um, escalated into some um, which I see often with the people I minister to quite severe anxiety where I was dealing with um, obsessive thoughts, thoughts that would come into my head that were very disturbing. And, and then some compulsions and prayers and repetitive things that I was doing to help ease these thoughts. And so therefore I started developing symptoms of OCD and, uh, it became very, very all consuming and overwhelming. And so I had this 
really severe nervous breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> and you had it, you had it yeah. all, it sounds like. Yeah. All of it. All of the things. And then I thought, well, I don't have this symptom of anxiety yet. And then sure enough, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'd start struggling with this other form of anxiety. And so for me coming from being like a suck it up, like just move, get over it. You know, you don't have time to feel, you've just got to do and push and whatever. This really derailed me. I mean, I think it was just a huge part of the core of who I am was like, what is going on? Like, why, why can't I get it together? And what if I go crazy? And is this the end? Like, I have no strength. Like, it was a very scary season of my life. Wow. And meanwhile, you have kids here to take care of a life to try to um, function in. And all of a sudden you're bombarded um, we, I'm thinking right away, you said this came on so suddenly, like, do you look yeah. back, if there was some kind of trigger or what, what do you chalk it up to be? Well, I mean, I, I do look back now and realize anxiety never comes on suddenly. It's, it's, um, years and years of mindsets and ways of thinking. And, and so I used to have a lot, I was really in a period where I really felt kind of stuck in my life. I think part of that was just that postpartum, you know, baby number five, and I had all these dreams and aspirations, and right. I'm, you know, at home. And so there was a lot of discontentment and wrestling with, with who I was. So I was always kind of going through that a little bit, but it always, I was able to produce that through finding more things to volunteer for, keeping myself busy, more things to do so that right. I had this sense of purpose. Um, a second part of that was just not resting and, and starting to feel fatigue. Um, first signs before I had my breakdown where I was losing hair. Um, you know, I couldn't sleep properly. Like there was just a lot of things that my body was sort of signaling that it was overstressed and overworked and overtired. And then I was going through a series of um, very stressful events at the time. So I had a um, combination of a lot of things happening at the same time. Right. And coming into it um, from a very exhausted place, which is a bad combination. Yeah. Now you're talking yeah. about this all in past tense, like I had this. Yes. And yeah. so, um, you know, obviously there's been some sort of healing, there's been some sort of journey. Um, so share with the listeners how you went from um, from all of this, this Maltov cocktail of um, just you know, being uh, bombarded with all of these different types of, um, you know, depression, anxiety, panic attack, obsessive thoughts, all these things to, you know, being able to, to um, go through that dark tunnel and see light at the end of it. Where, what was the progression? Well, I'd love to say that. And then I prayed and I woke up and I was better. <laughs> yeah, we'd all love to <laughs> And many people who are going through this are like, when will I be better? You know, when did it happen for you? What day did you wake up and you felt better? But it wasn't like that. And, and there was a purpose in that. Um, you know, I remember this moment. I talk about it in my book. And this was kind of a defining moment for me where I had grabbed, um, was coming home from shopping with my kids and I drove into the um, garage with all the kids in the car and I had a suicidal thought which really scared me yeah very it scared me because a lot of the times thoughts were associated with urges it wasn't just a thought it was like you know and um, so I ran into my house and kind of dropped the kids off my husband's like are you okay and I'm like I can't talk right now and I just ran into my room and I grabbed my bible and I just remember the most desperate prayer and it was like god this either works in reference to the word of god or i'm in big trouble <laughs> like yeah. whatever you say in here is that like 
perfect love casts out fear and that I, you know, can have peace and joy in my life and, and all these things and that you can heal me. This needs to be true or what is happening right now? I'm, this is a, a really bad thing. And, and slowly God began to show me step by step. And sometimes they were silent and small and little steps. And sometimes they were huge breakthroughs. And it had to do with taking care of my full being. So my body, my mind, and my spirit. And God really began to show me that all of them were connected. When I was exhausted and not taking care of my body, not eating right, not resting, um, laying down striving and, and need for approval and running away from rejection or all those things, um, you know, anxiety can creep in and it can affect our spiritual health as well. And when our spiritual health is weak, it affects our mental health. And when our mental health is weak, it affects our physical health. And so God really began to lead me um, through understanding um, that I needed to take care of all, all three aspects of myself. Right. And, and so that was huge. So rest was a huge, huge thing for me. And unfortunately, I had to. I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed during the day. I, I couldn't even physically function. I looked like I was dying. I was shaking. I couldn't walk. I couldn't leave my house. And so physically, I was very depleted. So rest was a huge um, way for me to be able to, number one, maintain my mental health, but also to recover. And then just really allowing the Holy Spirit to do some really painful work in undoing some false mindsets. And I have to be honest, a lot of them had to do with bad theology that I believed about who God was and who I was in Him as well. And so there was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some days I succeeded and some days I didn't. But then slowly but surely, I remember this one time driving to an appointment somewhere and all of a sudden I felt nervous about this appointment. And I felt so excited because I felt nervous. Mm. Because when you're dealing with anxiety and crippling panic, you just feel traumatized. But to feel actual like nervousness and like you know, that kind of feeling was such a relief for me. And then I knew at that point that, that I was starting to get better. And, um, yeah. And now, I mean, I'm completely free. I mean, yeah, I sure get nervous. <laughs> I feel nervous sometimes like whatever, but I, it is, has no hold on me anymore. Wow. That's, incredible. and it's been about six years. I honestly, I wasn't uh, coming into this conversation. I wasn't sure um, what the response would be in saying, you know, how are you now? Do you, do you struggle? Do you have good days and bad days? Obviously you're better, but um, mm -hmm. I mean, we're all not perfect and complete, but mm -hmm. there, no. there is, um, I love that you're just offering hope to, there's so many struggling and just the numbers are rising. Um, I'm curious, did you, um, Mary, um, you know, it's interesting you talk about the physical and the mental and the spiritual all being connected, mm -hmm. which I so believe is true. Um, mm -hmm. and I think, um, one of the, um, maybe uh, one of the the faults of the Christian community in the past has been um, just only focusing on spiritual and not focusing on the whole yeah. person, the body as a whole. Um, so did mm -hmm. you have, um, take any um, uh, uh, course of action with medication or anything like that physically, or was it all just, um, you know, rest and things like that that helped you? Before we continue, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want more, head over to patreon.com slash to support our ministry and keep us going. Now, 
let's get back to the conversation. Well, um, I share this carefully because I'll just, I'll share with you really quickly my view on medication. Um, I believe that when you are drowning, (laughs) you cannot swim to shore until you have a life raft. Like you, if you're in the middle of drowning, sometimes you need something to help you get above water just so you have the strength and clarity to be able to swim to shore. And so I believe that medication has a place and purpose for that. For me, with my journey, I did not take medication. Um, I went to the doctor for it. He prescribed me the medication. It did not um, respond to me well. It made some things worse, and I don't want to scare people off. Um, And so it just wasn't a fit for me. And I I feel like part of the purpose was in that was, and and taking medication isn't the easy way out, so I don't want that to be um, misconstrued, but God really needed me to walk this out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, and so for me, walking and exercise was huge. Um, they say statistically, even better than medication are two things, and that is exercise and community. Those things have been proven to improve depression and anxiety even more than medication can. And so that was a big one for me was just getting out and just going for walks and just getting that that movement and burning off some of that anxious energy. Um, rest. The, a big thing for me, um, just eating well, giving up some of those pleasures like caffeine, caffeine and wine and all those things that kind of, you know, can cause you a little bit more anxiety. And so there was a lot of letting things and a lot of picking up some habits. But, but that said, I mean, even getting out of bed during that season is really tough. And I know there will be some people here who listening who can relate to that, that right. it's really hard to be like, oh, I'm going to take care of myself because a lot of the downside of anxiety and depression is your desire to get better. Right. Because you're so focused on just making it through the day. It's very overwhelming to think that you're going to do this and this and this. Yeah. Yeah. So those tiny, tiny steps every day, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so important, I think, for everyone um, who's listening. And I think it's just, um, we know this, that we're all individuals. So it's important to know, you know, what worked for Sarah might not work for me, but the the desire factor, the, the keep trying, the keep um, just that earnest perseverance to um, find what works for you and whether that be medication. You know, I've heard other um, experts and teachers that um, uh, are Christian and and do believe the same way that, you know, body, mind, spirit, um, Mm -hmm. mental, emotional, all that are are important. And it's the enemy who um, Mm -hmm. wants to um, mess with our minds and he doesn't want us to have a mind. And and so sometimes it is a a matter of... um, you know, using medication to clear your mind so that you can mm-hmm. then take steps to heal. Um, yeah. But um, there's other people that, you know, go a natural route or do, you know, that kind of thing. But really, um, yeah. it, 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 just the entire stigma, just talking about it helps take that away because there are so many people struggling. There are so many Christians struggling, especially yeah. who um, just feel um, shame, feel like they want to hide it because there has been in the past the stigma of, um, you know, you need to go out and get more faith. To whereas mm-hmm. you, you know, you, people go and get a prescription for eyeglasses, and people don't say you need more yeah. faith. You know, with your eyeglasses. I know. Yeah. Um, 
though there's been that stigma, but just being able to share that this, you were um, a strong, um, you know, believer who mm-hmm. um, struggled and who, it, you know, it came on you. It wasn't something you asked for, did anything yeah. you know, wrong and all of that. So, um, so, okay. So, um, for my listeners, um, the overarching theme, and I say this um, over and over, is lessons I learned. And obviously, I'm on. I brought you on here because you do. You've walked not only with just one of these issues. You have walked mm-hmm. through um, so many. Where um, there's probably you know ninety percent of of my listeners are going. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what she's talking about there. I've been, <laughs> I've been there, done that still struggling. Um, so I guess my, um, what we want to learn from you today is two, twofold. Um, the first one, and I'll say what they are and then you can um, respond, um, accordingly. The first one is if I'm struggling, um, with anxiety, depression, whatever, I haven't found freedom. I haven't found, um, uh, you know, help, um, however that looks for me yet. Um, what, um, can you share with those listeners who are dealing with those things, something you've learned in the process? I know that you would in your, um, fearless travel traveler online course and in Mm -hmm. the book, all of that, but maybe a few tidbits that you have in, um, in there, maybe you can share with the listeners, just some things that can just give them hope and practical help maybe. Um, and then, uh, part B of the question would be, um, if I have a loved one, if I'm living in the same house, because obviously, man, this isn't, this didn't just affect you this season of your life. This affected other people. My whole family. Mm -hmm. That had to deal with, um, this being mom, the, the anchor of the household is feeling like thinking right now. So, um, so obviously if you're not out there dealing with this right now, you are connected with someone who is. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to cover all of us here. You have something. Yeah. <laughs> it's so we're, we're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, well, like I said, it was a very long journey for me and there's so many different things that, that I can share that I feel are all really equally important. Um, but I think the most important one that I believe really led me to complete deliverance from anxiety and has helped me to remain free. And for me, um, you know, we talked about how important it is to not over-spiritualize things and to um, focus, you know, on our physical health, on taking our thoughts captive, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the scripture that used to drive me nuts was perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Because I, I kind of knew God loved me, like I, I knew he loved me and I'd known what he had done for me. And I knew that he was a loving father and these certain things. And, and, uh, and so it was something that I kind of understood, but it used to really frustrate me because I'm like, okay, like you love me, but I'm still afraid. <laughs> like, yeah. like what is going on and how does this apply? And, uh, so this was something that I was really wrestling with because I really felt that this word was the word for myself for the journey and was going to be the key to me being set free from anxiety and depression. And so there was this one night where I had this dream where I was um, in the basement of a house I'd never been in before. And this man came downstairs and he said, Hey, welcome to the father's house. And I'm like, I'm at my, I'm at the father's house. Like, okay. And he's like, come on upstairs. Let me show you around. I was like, all right. So I walked around this house and I'm checking it out. And, and the son was so excited to show me his father's house. He's like, 
here's the couch, here's the microwave, and here's the kitchen table. And he was just like pointing at all this stuff in this little house. And all of a sudden there was this commotion coming in from the backyard and the father was coming home. And all of a sudden, you know, in dreams, and now there's a bunch more people. And, and so they were just like, the father's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And so there's all this excitement. And I, I didn't know what to do because it just felt like such an event that the father was coming home. And, and so for my years in army cadets, I just stood at attention and put my head down in this dream. And all of a sudden the father came in and he walked towards his son and he looked at him with the most intense love you have ever experienced in your life it was just so incredibly intense and and I remember in my in my dream thinking I don't think I've ever witnessed this not in a movie not in a love story not in a book like this is beyond what I could comprehend as this intensity of love and then the second thought I had was he'll never love me that much and all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming shame and I wasn't good enough and like but he was the son and who was I I was just this kid that didn't even know him and still standing in attention, he walked down looking at every single person that was in this lineup waiting to greet him. And he walked up to me and he lifted up my face and he looked at me with the exact same intensity that he had to his son. And I woke up in the morning and I really felt God say to me, Sarah, I really, really, really love you. Mm. Makes me emotional talking about it. Mm. And so having a relation, which was just a gift from the Lord helped me to create um, a, a weapon. <laughs> mm. And so anytime I would have these thoughts that would come in that say, oh, you're going to die or this bad thing's going to happen, I go, no, but God, you really, really love me. Mm. Or if it was a thought about, oh, who do you think you are and you're no good and look at the mistakes you've made and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, but that's not how you think of me because you really, really love me. So every time a fearful thought would come in or a depressing thought would come in, I had such a deep revelation of God's love for me. It was like a weapon. And, and so every time I combated it week after week, day after day, moment after moment in the middle of the night, sometimes it was like a hundred times in, in one minute, eventually those, those negative thoughts and those anxious thoughts began to subside. And deep in my spirit, I began waking up in the morning feeling, God, you really really love me. Wow. So all that to say, for me, the key to my ultimate freedom, even though God was showing me how to take care of myself better for the future, yeah. was having a revelation about the love of God. And only the Holy Spirit can reveal that. And so that's something that we need to seek. Yeah. Um, to your second part um, about helping other people, I think it, the question that kind of came up with my husband, I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like why is our world falling apart? All of a sudden, and and one thing I hear a lot from people who take my course or read my book is, is their spouse or loved one is going. I just want my wife back or I want my husband back. Yeah. And but they're thinking I want myself back too. I mean they haven't gone anywhere, but right now they are in a battle for their lives. So I think it, one thing for sure is to just say, you know what, we're going to get through this together, and and that's where that unconditional love comes in for sure. Um, Another part is really helping them to guard their rest, especially for moms. I have a lot of people in my group who are women in, in their mid-30s who are in the middle of lots of kids and chaos and busyness. And guilt is a huge thing that keeps us from resting, from saying no to things. Um, I remember at one point I had some friends come in and they had me write out my, all the things I was obligated to. 
I, you know, did this thing. I volunteered for this. This is my job to carpool, all these sort of things. And they helped me (laughs) to sort of erase what was sort of motivated by feeling like I had to, or I wanted people to like me or whatever. And it was amazing how much I crossed off my to-do list and how more simple my life became and more purposeful. And so they helped me to sort of um, defend my rest. And so that's a really, really important one. And the last thing I want to say, because there's a lot you can do, but it would be to really support them in prayer, because this really is the moment where it's very hard to pray for yourself when you're going through this. And you need people not only just saying, I'm praying for you, but actually listening to hear from God for your behalf and coming to you with encouragement and scriptures they've heard and 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 things like that. Um, yeah. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah. So you need champions, right? Yeah. People um, absolutely lifting you up. I'm just thinking of, you know, the story of Moses and when he was just mm-hmm. couldn't do it anymore and he had his, um, his people surrounding him and holding him up for him. Yeah. Um, and that's so good, you know, just as you were saying, talking about how God revealed to you, just you had this revelation of the truth of God's love and the power mm-hmm. it has transform you, mm-hmm. transform, literally transform your mind. And he has that yeah. for all of us. Um, and I was just, you know, thinking in, um, as, in some of my healing journeys and some of the things that I've been uh, seeking God for, and they haven't always, they haven't shown up. Um, the healing hasn't been there. And sometimes I would be defeated and go, God, do you, you know, do you love me? Do you, mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. want to me? And um, uh, just as, as of late, I've just come to the understanding, the realization that looking in God's word for his truth, all you see is when Jesus spent his time on the earth, all he did was walk around and heal people mentally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, you know, he, that he wants to heal us. He, he, and because he just truly just does love us so much. And, absolutely. um, and so, um, I think your story is just going to offer hope, um, to people listening who are battling in the middle of that, um, you know, feeling like they're treading water and, um, feeling like they're, they Mm -hmm. are, think, but, um, truly, um, you know, God is that, that one who's able to pull us out of, out of the muck and the mire. And, um, and no, obviously it's a holistic thing. There's a lot of different, it's, it's not one quick fix. It's complicated, Mm -hmm. as you know. but, um, but we, um, as believers have, have hope because of, of God's love, as you said. And, um, Mm -hmm. So, so for the listeners who are like, okay, this girl gets me, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> um, where can um, my listeners go just to, um, pick up your book to maybe become a part of, um, the online course that you offer and maybe even just, um, connect with you so you can share some advice or wisdom or whatever, um, capacity mm-hmm. for that. Um, uh, where can we find you online and, um, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so you can uh, find me on my blog, my website, Sarah with an H, eball.com. Um, and I'm also on Facebook, so Sarah Eball. So you won't have to friend request me, but I have an actual page um, with lots of good inspiration and people to connect with. And you can find my online course on my website as well. And uh, my book, Fearless in 21 Days, is available anywhere books are sold. So you should Google it and be able to find it at your favorite bookstore. 
Awesome. Well, already, um, all of this has been decided that it's awesome because you've won all these awards. <laughs> So, um, so I just encourage all of you, if you are struggling or you have someone out there, um, that you are friends with or family members who, you know, are struggling, I would highly encourage you to pick up, um, Sarah's, uh, um, products that she has to offer. So thank you so much. Thank you for being fearless and sharing your story with us all, Sarah. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And we are going to connect at the spa one of these days. Yes. Yes, we are. I'm going to write it in my five-year vision. That Yes, yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's going to happen. Well, thank you so <laughs> very much. Um, I appreciate yes. having you here. Thank you so much. It is safe to say that a surprisingly high percentage of us are dealing with a mental health issue, whether we know it or not. And if we aren't, somebody we love is. I love that Sarah is an advocate for holistic healing, body, mind, spirit. Marrying the spiritual, emotional, and medical to treat mood disorders is a very balanced and effective approach. You see, we have to remember that we have an enemy who wants to confuse us, keep us fearful, and feeling defeated. He doesn't want us to function with a sound mind. He'd rather it remain foggy and distorted. Listen to the words I happened to read in Priscilla Shear's Armor of God devotional the other day. She says, Satan knows that he cannot destroy you. Too late for that. The best he can do, and he intends to make full use of it, is to make your time on earth futile and unproductive, to suffocate you with sin, insecurity, fear, and discouragement. He can't unseat you, but he can intimidate you and render you ineffective and paralyzed. If you have felt intimidated, fearful, discouraged, ineffective, and paralyzed under the weight of depression, anxiety, panic attacks, agoraphobia, or any other mental health issue, know that there is a light at the end of your tunnel. God wants to clear your mind so He can help you live life to its fullest. Utilize any tool available—rest, a walk, prayer and meditation, community, and medicine. Just keep fighting. And the best way I know how to fight is with the armor of God. So lace up your shoes of peace, put on the helmet of salvation, belt of truth, and breastplate of righteousness, and grab your sword of the Spirit and your shield of faith, and battle your enemy head on. I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and have learned something new today. It is my passion to help women become the best version of themselves with God's help. All the ministry we do, we feel deeply called to, and we live by faith doing it. Would you consider supporting our ministry at patreon.com slash Macaulay's? That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash m-a-c-a-u-l-a-y-s. You may see a link on your screen nearby if you're tuning in using YouTube, SoundCloud, or my website. But if not, that's where you can go to find us. We are grateful for every one of you who believe in us and champion our ministry. 
Lots and lots of love. Danielle.